Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. We are back with another episode of The Landlord Diaries. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate you being here. And if you are watching on audio or YouTube, you'll probably notice, why does each episode start with FF45 or FF56? Well, we are planning ahead for you guys. Our episodes don't need to be watched in order. You can watch them for whichever title sounds the most exciting. And so if I say, hey, go back and listen to episode 20, you can find it easily when we get up to our thousandth episode or however big we go, because you just have to search FF20. And my co-host with us today... Hey guys, I'm Katie Lyon. I'm the marketing director of Furnish Finder and I have some midterm properties of my own. So today we get to talk with Daniel and Daniel um, has a handful of properties in the Kentucky area and he does a great job of renovating them, making them amazing for travelers. And he's had a, a bunch of repeat travelers or travelers that extend their stays that is really cool. So he also involves his kids and just has a great, a great story. Um, I also just want to take a second and thank everyone who's left us a review. I found myself the other day down a little bit of a rabbit hole and I stumbled across the <laughs> reviews. Um, and it was so cool to just hear all of the value that everyone gets from what we do. This is a labor of love for Kelly and I, and we absolutely you know, it's so much fun and so enlightening to talk to all of our guests every week. Um, but we, we do this purely because at Furnish Finder, we, we want to give everyone the opportunity to be the absolute best landlord that you can be and any resources or help that we can give you. We, that's why we do this, right? We have that's that's our whole goal so it just meant so much to read your reviews if you have any um a chance and you'd like to leave a review please do so so let's go daniel saravia was born in el salvador has lived in lexington lexington kentucky for over 24 years now and quit his w2 in 2019 to pursue full-time real estate investing. He and his wife have four kids that are very involved in the family real estate business as well. Their current portfolio includes seven properties in total, two long-term rentals and five midterm rentals. Daniel, thank you so much for being here with us today. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's a pleasure to be uh, on the podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. Well, we're excited to tell your story and encourage others with it. So let's start off with what brought you to Lexington, Kentucky in the first place? Well, just like any other immigrant from a third world country trying to find a uh, you know better life in the United States. So I was able to come here at the age of 15. Fortunately, a year later, I realized that I was by myself and then I had to support myself. And that's how my journey began. And uh, I was able to perform some basic work, just trying to survive. And 
once I turned 18, uh, I got into the automobile industry. So I got a job and uh, I stayed there for uh, about 16 years working for the same company. Oh. I was able nice. to move myself up from production team member to a production supervisor. And Love that. And your wife works for Toyota, correct? Yes, she worked for Toyota. She's been working there for about 10 years already. Awesome. Is that the automobile company you worked for as well, or you work for a different automobile company? It is a uh, kind of like a cousin related to Toyota, another Japanese company. So it, we supply parts to them. So, yeah. Okay. And Louisville, for those of you who aren't aware, is the capital for the Kentucky Derby, which is only like 45 minutes away from Lexington. And Lexington is the horse capital of the world, which I find a little interesting since Louisville's where the Kentucky Derby is located. So why is Lexington the horse capital of the world, uh, Daniel? Kentucky is being known, you know, worldwide for three things, horses, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and Good Bourbon, of course. So Kentucky or Lexington is called the Bluegrass State. It's just because the grass that grows mm -hmm. here, it is so much better for the horses to eat. So that's why some other people from around the world, they buy farms and they bring their people that are in the horse industry, like horse rights industry, and they keep their horses here just because it's just make their bones stronger. All right. It's time for my favorite question, Daniel, which you probably know I like to ask everyone that comes on, tell us about your portfolio and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So right now we have, uh, my wife and I, we have a seven uh, investment property that not count our primary resident. So we have uh, uh, five midterm rental so far and two long-term rental. Um, the la uh, number, uh, property number five that we just turning, it, it used to be a long-term rental, but the tenants that they were living there, they trashed the property and so I had to fix it up. And then uh, I uh, decided to, just because I have a good success with the uh, midterm rental, I decided to turn it into a midterm rental and uh, I had no problem renting out. So, well, and I think in your, in our intro call, you said you had a bad experience with a long-term tenant and then your wife introduced you to bigger pockets and you started listening to a bunch of different stuff and came across midterm rentals and like, yes, this is it. So do you want to speak to that a little more? Oh, yes. Uh, of course, uh, uh, since I left, or oh, way before I left my W-2 job, I uh, was already uh, learning about investing in real estate. And uh, it wasn't until like maybe around 2000, uh, 2020, when I came across someone was talking about midterm rental, and uh, uh, it just got my attention. But I went on bigger pocket and asked some people a couple of questions. Some people uh, uh, gave me some good answers, but unfortunately, I didn't have a group of uh, 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 people here in my area where I can uh, people that invest in real estate that I can ask some question about that. And I came across. Uh, 
someone else that was investing in a uh, uh, medium rental. And then I buy property and then I just decide to give it a chance and see what happened. And you sure did. Wow. You... You accumulated four properties from 2019 to 2021. That's impressive. It, so you had, you had, you had the thought. You left your job. You decided I'm going full time into real estate, and you just jumped in. I love that. Was there uh, anything that could have kept you from starting in your journey? Because I think a lot of what we try to focus on a lot on the show is, hey, if you're listening and you don't have a property yet, nothing's ever going to be perfect before you jump in. You just got to jump in. So was there anything like that uh, that almost held you back from getting started? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I would not recommend anybody to leave your W2 (laughs) before having a plan that you at least you know the direction that you're going uh yeah uh, i made that mistake and uh but now looking back i don't feel too bad about it because it's working out well mm-hmm. but uh fortunately we have been investing in the stock market since 2011 when the market was down so we were able to have some uh funding on the side mm-hmm. that uh, we need if, if we need it. Um, but yeah, if you don't have a uh, clear plan, that is just, uh, it, it, now looking back, it would be better to keep my day job investing in stuff, I mean, in uh, real estate, and that will uh, help uh, way, way more. Uh, it will be less stressful. I like that advice. Because we hear about it the opposite on the show way too much. Like, quit your W2. Go go find that financial freedom you want. But it really, you're, you're right. It works both ways. And your buy power is a lot stronger when you both have W2 jobs as well. For, so for you, was it the, do you say that because you could have purchased more real estate if y'all both had W2s or because the monthly income uh, to support a family of six uh, you would have liked to go about that a bit a bit differently. Why why do you say it'd be better to keep your W two? Well, uh, the reason why it would be better is because now I can show the lender that I have uh, income coming in every every month. Because the lender wants to see, you know, how much money you bring in each each month from your W two. So uh, in my case, so fortunately, my my wife have a, a good paying job her company so that kind of upset in some ways and we also have some retirement account so it didn't hurt us too much but uh now looking back i think it would have been much i think i would have accumulated more property faster uh if i would because i was also making very good money so um i want to talk about one other thing about how you've acquired the properties um because right in the middle of your growth from or from 2019 to 2021 was something called covid so how did that affect you and kind of your pace of acquiring properties because i know that was just a huge wrench thrown in everyone's lives um so so how did that affect you and how did you kind of get around it to still hit that growth that you were going for. 
Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30 day plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to FurnishedFinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. Actually, that did not affect me at all. Uh, everybody pay. Um, and during that time, I think I already had two midterm rental. And one of the house was just bringing more, bringing more uh, revenue than uh, two house uh, combined just one so it, even if someone did pay so i will still be okay but um and during that time it seemed like everybody were trying to do airbnb and just because you can put something some furniture out there and rent it out you don't have no problem and i just focus on midterm rental because i must rather have that you know that steady income each month than just trying to have a lot of turnover and Airbnb. Not that I'm against that, which I'm looking into mm-hmm. also myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I just believe that you, you have to become good at what you, at one thing, become good and graduate from that and then move to the next step. And midterm rental was my thing, or oh, it's still my thing. So let's get in deeper to that portfolio. Uh, We established you have seven properties, two long-term rentals, five midterm rentals. Well, when you uh, look at uh, Daniel's Furnish Finder listings, they are beautifully remodeled because that's something that they do is they get in there, they they buy fixer-uppers that need some work and bring it up to the right par, right standard, and then start renting out their properties. So Daniel's got a three-bedroom, two three-bedrooms that he rents for around $2,200 per month, and the second one's $2,350 per month uh, currently right now when this episode was recorded. And then he's got a two-bedroom for $2,350 per month as well. So there's two more that aren't on Furnish Finder because you already had them rented to returning nurses. What are the other two in your portfolio size-wise? Uh, the other two, they're the same, uh, th- uh, almost the same. Okay. Uh, Three-bedroom, two-bathroom. Uh, it, 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 most of this property, there were, there were distressed, and I had to do full renovation. Some of them, there were just one bathroom, then I was able to add another bathroom and convert to three, two. So, um, and, 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 and yes, we say that uh, the other one is not on Furnish Finder. And the reason is because uh, some of the nurses that are leaving uh, my properties, normally they, they average stay between six months and 10 months, something like that. And when they're leaving, they recommend it with uh, to one of their coworker, or mm-hmm. mm. sometimes they have uh, some of their friends that they're moving into the area. Then they share my contact information and they call me directly. So they don't even have to go through furnace uh, finder. Sometimes they just call me and then 
we uh, start a conversation. I, I believe you have a referral bonus for your nurses as well, correct? How does that work? Yeah, I do. I would tell them that uh, when I know that I'm going to have a property coming up uh, available and uh, I don't have any anybody confirmed yet, so I just tell them that I will provide uh, between $200 and $300 referral bono. Uh, that's just because it's just it's just easy for me to, uh, if they can help me to find the next uh, resident, then it's just less work on my end. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like building some equity through these renovations is a big part of your strategy. So tell us how you find your properties and what kind of characteristics you're looking for when you when you find a property so that you know or know as much as possible that it's going to be a home run. Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course, in the beginning, I did not know a whole lot about the whole uh, business, but now, so I just mainly focus on three bedroom or more and uh, two bathroom, at least two bathroom, because it just make it easy. Um, even for the resale value, it's, 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 it's still much better. Uh, I'm not afraid to do the work. Most of the properties that I have bought, it had required full renovation, which means I will have to redo everything, new plumbing, new electrical, um, and uh, add a new kitchen. And the reason why I like to do the investment up front is because uh, I just don't want to have any problems later down the road. Uh, then uh, I, if I fix everything up front, then I know that if the proper is well uh, taken care of and I'm not going to have any phone calls in the middle of the night. And and locally so far, I haven't had any. So that's so that's the reason why. Um and also, it, 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 let's say that if I have an emergency that I need to sell something, then the house is ready. So I can just put it in the market and I won't have no problem about, uh, you know, worry about like, oh, I have to do more renovation. So. Yeah, this is actually a really good topic because the appreciation is going to be much greater for three bedroom single family homes right but a lot of our uh, a lot of our midterm rental enthusiasts that want to jump in or already have you know their established portfolio of one bedroom one bath condos studios a lot of people get nervous about the three bedroom homes wondering who's going to rent my home is it going to sit vacant so do you rent yours out as entire units have you had large vacancies what has the larger homes been like for you uh yes uh i don't rent by the room i rent the entire unit just because I don't want to be dealing with multiple residents, at, uh, you know, within the same unit, uh, doing different leases. So for me, it's easy to just rent the entire unit. Uh, and no, I haven't had no problem uh, renting out. Uh, the biggest home that I have is a four bedroom, uh, two bathroom, uh, two car garage, uh, over 2,200 square feet. I have a uh, nurse. Oh, since I bought that house, only two people have been in that house. And that was like a year and a half ago. So I had two okay. residents in it. Uh, they just keep renewing Love their, that. their contract. <laughs> I know, right? So it just make it easy. So um, I, told, I don't just wait for them to tell me that they're going to 
extender contract. So I just communicate with them and say, hey, you know, I'm going to advertise this on Furnish Finder. Uh, but if you, as soon as you find out that you're going to uh, decide to stay, then please let me know uh, just because I will prioritize you because you have been living at the property. So, you know, for all this month. That's a really good way to put it. I think we all do. Uh, many of us try to give our guests first right of refusal, but the way you worded it and uh, making them feel like, one, it's important to be proactive and start uh, looking at contract renewals. And two, that you want to give them that priority, but you have to start marketing the property again. That's that's really a, a, a great way of saying it. Do you have that conversation 30 days prior, 60 days prior, 90? When do you have that conversation? Uh, I put it on the contract that they have to notify me. Uh, I think it's a five-week period their contract uh, expire. But I understand okay. that most of the nurses, they don't know whether they're going to what a specific date that gonna that that decision gonna be made, and I understand that. So, uh, uh, so I'm trying to be flexible with them, but they also need they need to understand that I can't just have the property set there waiting. Uh, I have to find the next uh, restaurant just in case. So you've made your business into a family business in, in the sense that you do involve your kids and your wife and everything into your projects, your renovations. Tell us a little bit about that, um, why you do it, what kinds of roles your family members play, including your kids, um, and, and how that's working out for you. Well, uh, uh, it's because... Uh, um, it's just here, uh, it's just here in Lexington, it, uh, it's just basically me and my wife. And we both work really hard to try to uh, to improve our life and create a legacy for our kids. And we also want to teach our kids that, um, you know, hard work, uh, it, it paid off. Uh, you just have to find that niche that, uh, and just become good at it. And uh and sometimes it's not always, uh, uh, you know, uh, clear road, but it's just uh, um, sometimes you're gonna have those uh, uh, hiccup. And but the uh, most important thing is just not to give up and and keep going. And I want our kids to that they're able to see uh, what we're doing. So that's why they have to be part of every renovation that we had done. In fact, with uh, my twins were uh, six months old. That's when we bought our first property. And um, uh, I would go in the morning to do half a day's work. And then I would come home, take care of the kids. And my wife would go in the afternoon to do some stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, it has been quite a bit of a challenge, but, but that's okay. <laughs> Nothing is easy in life. Hey, landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, 
Head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. I think it's it's good for kids too, right? Like it's good that they see our hard work and it's good that they see that there's a lot of potential in real estate, but it comes with hard work and, you know, dedication and creativity and, and investment, right? There's a reason we call it investing. Um, Kelly, I don't think we've talked about this yet, but my son Emmett is 10 years old and he wanted to earn some more Lego sets because he's obsessed with Lego. He has been since he was three. And I said, you know what, buddy, I think you're old enough for your first job. Mm -hmm. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, the background right now is my office. What you can't see is just outside of the screen here is a bright orange desk because orange is his favorite color with an extra monitor. We have his little, you know, laptop made for a 10 year old and he has a little notebook and we went over the qualifications of a property we would look for on Zillow either for arbitrage or for purchase, right? So we talked about, okay, here are the markets we look in. Here's our price range. Here's, you know, what we would look for in a fixer upper. Here's what we would look for if it's kind of ready to go. Here's the max HOA we want to pay. Here's things that we're definitely not okay with, or here's things that like we might be able to use in negotiations. And he's only done like one work session so far, but he sat down at his little desk and he went through Zillow and he was so excited. He goes, I, mom, I found one that might work. And granted, we're not even like ready to purchase our next property, but I just thought it was really good practice for him to start getting used to some of the stuff. Um, and he'd favorite them on Zillow. And I almost died because I heard him find one property. He goes, Okay. Okay. Needs a little work, but good bones. It's got good bones. It got good. I'm like, where did you hear this? And I must have said it at some point, but it was just hilarious. And then the other thing that he's going to start doing is we hired a bookkeeper because bookkeeping is my absolute nightmare. And he, every month, He's a whiz with Google Sheets because they teach him that in school. They do everything on the Google suite. So he's going to go through and every month he's going to put the expenses from the bank account. He's going to export them and he's going to reformat them in a Google Sheet. Wow, a that's a really good life skill. Right? And I'll take a look over it, right? Make sure that he doesn't have anything crazy. But A, he is stoked to not only like feel very important and like part of it and to earn his minimum. I told him I'd pay whatever minimum wage was right now. <laughs> he's also very excited for the fact that like every four hours he's required to get a paid 10 minute break. Um, <laughs> but he's like, he's like learning and he's so excited. I have, my nephews have helped furnish properties before. Like, it's really cool when you get these kids involved and they can see like, Hey, like if I do some work like this actually happens, right? I think all too often these kids just see mom and dad disappear to work either at their desk or at an office or wherever they work for eight hours. And they go, I don't know what they do. Like no idea. But at the end of the day, like we buy groceries and pay the mortgage and whatnot, but he's like, they're getting like firsthand kind of like experience. And that's so, so valuable. So 
kudos for you to you. I'm hoping that someday we get like a big renovation project that I can actually make my kids like, okay, now we're going to rip up carpet. And to look at the look on their faces like, oh, mom. (laughs) And I'm so excited to just have a little bit of forced child. We have not talked about that, (laughs) Katie. And that is so cute that he's got like a little orange desk right outside of your room. I did not know that. I love that so much. It's the cutest. It's like his desk from COVID when oh, it was all remote learning. But he and ch- like he wants it to be guys, that close to you. Like it's not in his room. It's not. It's a. I'm. He's you're literally. A- you guys like if you're. <laughs> Yeah, if you're on YouTube, he's like his desk is right here. He's got an orange rolly chair. Aww. Like it's the cutest. That is really cute. Mama's boy, I like that. So Daniel, mm-hmm. in our intro call, I really loved how you kind of like your kids say fun things too. Like, hey, are y'all going to house number one, number two, or number three today? And like y'all bring them with you to the renovations because babysitters aren't always easy to find and tell us about how the kids are involved. I think they even get involved in the stock market too. Yeah. yeah. So basically we name our property by number, like number one all the way to seven. So, and because our properties are not too far away from each other, because I don't want, oh, I don't want to be driving all over uh, the city. So I try to keep her closer to, to each other. So, uh, yeah, so uh, when I take them, uh, when I say we, uh, we're going to go to the house, and they ask me which house, number one or number two, and I say, well, we're going number five. Oh, okay, what are we doing there? Well, we provided some supplies to our resident, or maybe just doing some maintenance on the uh, uh, landscape, and they are there uh, helping me, they're watering the flowers, so anything that that I think that I can, that they will be interested, they would think it's fun for them, then I will let them do it, and we pay, we also pay them uh, like a dollar or something for each project that they're accomplishing. What are the jobs that they like to do at the remodels? Uh, scrape the floor with a scraper. <laughs> Like sometime when there's stuff on the floor. I was going to say, my kids would love to do anything destructive. Anything where I'm like, wreck that. They haven't gotten the chance to yet, but oh man. Yeah. And the other one, uh, want to do use the power tool. And I was like, oh, I don't think that, you know. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Maybe when you're 10. <laughs> maybe, maybe later. Uh, not, not right now. <laughs> so. And then the six-year-old's. I think, I mean, I don't know any other six-year-olds that know how to look up data on the stock market either. Like, what are they doing uh, following y'all's tickers on 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 the stock market? Well, because, like, that was my first investment that, uh, that I had done mm-hmm. in 2011. So I've been showing that when I'm buying stuff, so I showed them how to look for it and what I'm looking for, what type of company, what products they're selling, and and uh, what's the demand for this product. And I say, well, you know, and more. There's more than that, but just some basic stuff so they can understand. Based on that, then I will decide if I want to buy this stock or not. And one thing that you gotta keep in mind that you know when you see the green train that go up, I mean that's great. That's what you want to see, but that's not always the case on the stock market. So, and sometimes when I have the TV on and, uh, and they see that, you know, everything was in red and they said, dad, you're losing money today. I was like, yeah, it's a sad <laughs> but not always. Now it's a, oh, uh, time to buy. We got to go buy. We got to go buy. So yeah, that's how they <laughs> got more than that. 
That's awesome. So let's circle back to the remodeling side. And one thing that you wanted to point out was uh, that you learned along the way, doing it on the cheap is not always your best option and can end up being more expensive. What experience led you to this conclusion? Honestly, no experience at all. I just thought that that's what you you know, you're supposed to do when it comes to remodeling to me, uh, I'm thinking like, okay, go out there and fix all the things that need to be fixed. Of course, you have to have the, you know, the budget for it. Uh, and that's how we had been doing. And, uh, since the beginning, and we have been told by several, you know, people saying like, you guys over rehab your property, you don't need to do but I'm like, okay, so if I buy a property that is distressed, do, do I want to just go out there and paint and maybe just change the floor, but everything else just looks old and ugly? Do I want to live in that property? No. Then why somebody else should live in that property and pay me to live in that property? So that's how... I see it. And honestly, it's, it, it's paying off at the end because recently, this week, we got an appraisal for three properties. One that we bought for $197. Uh, we put uh, about 28 in work and uh, yeah, appraised for like 340, 343. Wow. $343. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I know, right? So it's because they're in a good location. Yes, yeah, an ugly property, need a lot of work, but it, it is in a good location. So that's that's how I made that decision to buy that house. Then another one that I bought, the first one that I bought for ninety eight thousand, and uh, it appraised for two hundred uh, two hundred fifteen thousand. Great. And are you doing that right now? Are you doing? The appraisals, are you actually doing cash out refis or what What led you to get the appraisals? Well, uh, we, you know, of course, you don't know what you don't know, right? So we did not hire the right CPA to do our taxes. And that was in 2021. Mm-hmm. So we thought that any CPA will be able to, you know, do taxes, right? But not everybody understand the real estate side of business. So right, for sure. We we miss all the opportunities. So we have invest all the capital, but we still haven't get anything out there because we miss the opportunity mm. to to refinance. We have low interest rates. So I was gonna say if you purchase in twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one, it might not make sense for you to refi quite yet anyway. Right. That's why I was asking got a killer interest rate. Yep. I know. Yeah, that's the reason why our cash flow is higher uh, on our property because uh, we have a low interest rate, low mortgage, but the value of the property had gone up. So we found a local uh, uh, credit union that uh, going to give us a line of credit. So actually, we closed on it yesterday. So we're getting a line of credit on three property so we can reinvest that, that money. But no, we can't uh, refine it. So that's what that's what we're doing uh, right now. And because the work that we did up front, it also it helped because they were able to go and verify that we have fixed that property. So it helped us in the long run. Definitely, love it. 
And then what is your cash flow right now for your properties, mainly being three-bedroom, two-bath homes? Uh, actually, I was running the number today. So I the average uh, three-bedroom, two-bathroom property, I'm getting uh, right between uh, 750 and 925 Nice. That's, that's great cash flow. That's amazing. Thank you. Low interest rates, right? All right. <laughs> You know, uh, low interest rates. Uh, I mean, they're an asset right now. I mean, that's this goal. If you have, uh, you know, if you have they low are. interest rate, I mean, like, what would you get rid of, right? So, so yep. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why there's such low inventory right now, right? Is no one wants to give up their, no one wants to give up their their loan. Yeah, all of ours are the three person as well, except for. The last one we built, we bought the Temple House, so who has the ADU in the back. That one would have been the six to seven percent if we would have gone through normal conventional loans. But the seller was advertising uh, owner financing, so we still got a three percent there as well because it was one of those that she was willing to have us pay her for the owner financing side of it. That's amazing. Yeah, Kelly, I actually saw a property the other day that was listed as seller financing and we contacted him and the seller wanted 10% (laughs) over market rate. (laughs) Why? I was like, I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand how this works, my love. Like, I, mm, I, I guess it would work if someone had a lot of money, but really bad credit. I don't know. I was, it was a, it was a head scratcher for that, for sure that maybe, Someone else can enlighten us, but my only thing was, I was like, unless you have a lot of cash or really high paying job, but you have terrible credit, that's the only thing I can think would work here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so, Daniel, how's it going with you going full time as a real estate investor? Your wife working for a Toyota. You you have six kids, one in college. That's exciting. At Kentucky State, is that what you said? Univers- University of Kentucky. Yeah, at the University of Kentucky. Uh, so how's it going supporting the family uh, with the real estate and uh, Toyota combined? Uh, you know, uh, recently, now we feel like the hard work has been paid off. I mean, it's paying off. Uh, that for me, uh, I just have uh, time to uh, uh, hang out with my kid. Uh, my wife also traveled a lot uh, for work, and I'm able to cover all the, uh, you know, the daycare activities and take them to the school and to the uh, um, uh, sport activity. So something that I could have not done if I was still wor- uh, working my day job. So, yeah, and of course, uh all the revenue that comes in uh, each month, we just reinvest it back in the business. So it's, it's not like, you know, we, uh, you know, we live on that, but it's it just helped us that uh, have that peace of mind that we have uh, money coming in every month and we can reinvest it back in the business so we can grow our portfolio. Hey, one, one investment style that we haven't talked about on the show, which a lot of people don't even consider is college, right? You have four kids. You have one that's already in college. What investment style did you decide to go forth with for your, you know, your 20 year old and then for your other three kids that are six and uh, four? Did you choose to pay for all of your 
daughter's college or is she working into that a bit? What's your strategy? No, actually, uh, no. Uh, my wife decided to uh, uh, pay for her uh, college because she don't want her to get any uh, uh, student debt just because they get some uh, you know, ridiculous amounts of debt. And then when they go to the real world, they realize, oh, that's not the job that I want to do. <laughs> you know, so and then uh, jump from other uh, different type of job. So my wife did not want to have that, uh, that she had to, had to be slave to paying the, you know, college tuition. So, um, just, uh, we have some, uh, money saved up and, uh, she's been paying for, for it. So. All right. So I think we're starting to wrap up, but I just want to ask a couple more questions to tie it all back to Furnish Finder. And I would love to know how you have found um, the most successful ways to use Furnish Finder to fill your properties. Um, do you use tenant leads? Do you use booking requests? Kind of what are your little tips for success on the platform? Uh, yes, of course, I use uh, tenant leads. Even if they're one that they're unmatched, but I always go through each one of them. And every now and then I come across something that uh, uh, they're kind of like meat marker to you. And if I have something available, or if I know that we have something, but I always reach out to them. And I send a message on Furnish Finder, or if they sometimes they leave the uh, phone number, then I send a text message. And uh, most of the time they, uh, they respond. Or another thing too that I do when I get a, uh, uh, request, a house request, I make sure I reply immediately. Like, uh, I, I, I mean, uh, like as soon as possible, I reply. And most of the time they say, wow, that is quick. Uh, most, sometimes most of the messages that I send, I don't get a reply until hours later or maybe the next day. But, I don't want to wait because I know that if they're message, messaging me, they're messaging somebody else. And before they start a conversation with someone else, I want to make sure I'm the one who started a conversation with them. This is a good point that I'm glad if you're still tuning in with us, then you get a little wisdom nugget today. So Furnish Finder, we have not a huge algorithm that, you know, places properties, one property over another, but we do have some important, two important pieces. And I'm going to talk about one of them right now because it's involved with your messages and tenant leads. So every time you have a message come in, you have 24 hours to respond before it starts affecting your placement in the algorithm. But as Daniel's saying, to secure that booking, you want to respond as quickly as possible. The other thing is tenant leads. And we all know there's three forms of communication provided in tenant leads. You can reach out to them directly on their cell phone, you or you can message them through Furnish Finder, or you can email them. Well, one thing that there is a tab that says view contact information or something like that associated with each tenant lead. So even if you can see the phone number already and choose to reach out to them that way, click that box because that affects the algorithm to say, hey, you know, Kelly's active in her tenant leads right now as well. So there's your little wisdom nuggets about how to how to help yourself in the algorithm. 
I also want to add to that, that our algorithm changes, right? But the, the way that it changes is always to provide travelers with the best experience, right? So if you're thinking, oh, how do I make my property show up the best way in the search results, search results on Furnish Finder? Think to yourself, what can I do to serve potential tenants better? And it's exactly the things that Kelly is saying. Have, like, have an accurate and a complete description of your property. Have great photos, right? Get rid of your cell phone photos and hire a professional. Reply to messages. Check your tenant leads. All of these things like calendar. Yes, calendar is huge. Keep your calendar accurate and updated. All of these things are going to put you like, we're not trying to make it a big mysterious thing like a lot of platforms out there where you have to have specialized SEO and you need to spend hours and hours and hours researching how to have the best algorithm performance. We just want to show travelers the the best, most updated properties first, right? So we're not here to make it overly complicated, but as a landlord, it's your responsibility to go in there, keep your calendar updated, check your leads, reply to leads, have good photos, right? Do all of these things. They're common sense, um, but they still require you to you know, take some action and do them. Yep. And you'll, you will be rewarded for it and your properties will have that opportunity to be booked over other properties on the platform. So keep up the great work, everybody. Uh, and then Daniel, you also wanted to, this kind of leads into the the conversation we're already having is you wanted to make sure and talk to, to the audience about the way you present your property to customers affects the traffic you get. So speak to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I cannot say enough about professional photo. I mean, it's so cheap. I mean, for me, it's, I pay $150 per, uh, per house to take your professional photo. It just makes a huge difference. And that was something that uh, I learned since the first property. Because I went back and I, I was looking at the photo and I was like, oh my goodness, this looks horrible. Like, why am I doing this myself? I mean, this is not my expert team. So I fired myself from that and I started hiring professional <laughs> property. And another thing too, how you present your property, it will determine how much uh, uh, traffic it's going to get. I mean, I get calls all mm -hmm. the time or message about property that it's not even available. And they were, they say, well, I was just checking just in case to see you haven't updated your calendar. Again, what you, where you were saying you got mm -hmm. your calendar, right? So unfortunately, in my, I mean, for then in my case, uh, all the properties are overbooked. I haven't had any vacancy. Actually, I have one moving out on the four and I have one moving, moving in another person moving in on the on the uh, on the seven. So I have a very short window. Um, and I'm pretty sure you chose that window. Like when we talked previously, you said you prefer two to three day turnarounds versus same day or one day turnarounds. Why is that? Well, it's just because I, I uh, once uh, someone leaves, I want to go out there and make sure that uh, the property looks the same as the appear on the photos. So I want to check and make sure everything, have a checklist for the kitchen, the bathroom, the bed, uh, what goes where that way. Uh, and I'm there with the cleaning crew. 
um, just in case they need something. And I just want to make sure that it's it's, uh, it's ready for the next uh, guest. Particularly because you have larger properties, right? Like that's that you have to think. I mean, when you have a studio apartment or something, it's not too much physically to turn over, right? But once you get into, you know, a, a three, four bedroom house, you've got the cleaners are going to be there longer and yeah. you might need to step in and refresh some yeah. furnishings or add a few things. I know we have, um, a two bed condo that we turned over in um, about 36 hours. And that was no big deal. But when yeah. I think we have a, we have a long-term rental that the last time we turned that over, we had a week and this was a long-term rental. So it was unfurnished. That still, I was over there every day. I, you know, had a couple things I had to get the handyman in for. I had to get the cleaners in. I had to, get a bunch of mulch in the backyard. I had to make sure that I document like the bigger houses. It's just, it's going to take you a little bit longer to get them prepped. So I think that's very smart. And I think that's also a nice thing about furnished finder is you get to communicate with these tenants, right? You're not going to get an email or a message that pops up that says you have a new reservation and this person moves in 24 hours before, you know, after your next person moves out and maybe you didn't have a chance to think through, Oh, is that enough? But rather you get a chance to communicate with that tenant, right? Before anything is signed because you're booking direct and you can say, okay, yeah, like this works for me. This works for you. Or, Oh, can you move in a day later? Or can you move in a day earlier? So, um, I also want to remind everyone that we have discounted hotels on the website or on the website. And those are there a lot of times as a service to the landlord. So you have to remember that all of these unmatched leads, if they're unmatched by a few days, you can tell them, Hey, you can get a discounted hotel through Furnish Finder. And if you're willing to stay there for a day or two days or a week or two weeks, right? Then I can make your dates fit my calendar, right? A lot of times like that kind of fills in the gap really well. So I just want to remind everyone that that feature is there not to be afraid to use it. That's a good, this is a good roundtable discussion because Dave and I also have three bedroom properties and we have done uh, quite a few same day flips. And then we also prefer one day flips. So it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes maybe we have a week in between or things like that. But the reason I prefer the one day flips or the same day flips is I don't have to think about the property as much. If the more time goes by between my perfectionism kicks in and says, well, we could go, I could go and do this. I could go do this. I could go, you know, check the inventory here. But if you have a shorter window to do it, then you knock all that same stuff out in one day or four hours, as opposed to, you know, taking uh, a week to do it or two to three days to do it. So I love that we all have uh, different experiences to speak to about that. Uh, Daniel, any, any, we're, we're wrapping up the episode. Any last things you want to add in, uh, just as encouragement to other landlords, uh, in the midterm rental space? Uh, uh yeah, of course. And, uh, I just kind of put one, uh, additional comment about what you were saying. So one of the yeah. reasons for me is different is just because, uh, the uh, nurses that stay on my property, 
they stay between six and 10 months. And sometimes I have one right. stay for 15 months. So it, it, mm-hmm. there's more stuff that uh, you got to clean up or things that you got to uh, uh, replace. But that, yeah, you know, uh, midterm rental, it's, it's something that uh, uh, back in, you know, 2020, most people did not know. And most people think that uh, because COVID, so it's, uh, uh, the, uh, that's where uh, midterm rental started, but that's that's not true. Actually, that uh, uh, travel nurses started, in, I think, in 1978 in Louisiana, I believe. Uh, Google uh, found an article about that's that. That's a fun fact. So, yeah, so it, it's uh, it's just that COVID uh, uh, uncovered everything. And when I started here in my town, uh, my city, uh, uh, I didn't know anybody that was doing. Maybe they, because I didn't have uh, the uh, that connection with all the real estate investors. Now everybody trying to jump in because Airbnb is not doing well. Uh, now everything trying to jump in into uh, midterm rental. But they think that by uh, not taking the extra step and present your property, uh, you know, beautiful, uh, 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 like taking professional photo, uh, that it, they just trying to Put it, uh, go the cheapest way uh, as you can, and that's just not gonna work this day because now mm-hmm. there's just there's more properties available, and you just have to take an extra step and uh, make your property uh, beautiful and uh, uh, cheap. Not always cheap. I learned that the hard way <laughs> with my first property. So, um, and, yeah, uh, that's very true. Yeah, uh, it's 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 uh, um. And at the same time, uh, it is not just traveling nurses. There actually, before our recording, I was like uh, registering for another platform for like a relocation uh, insurance claim relocation. Uh, I also yesterday I met with my local agent, so I get in touch with them. Um, so I will be working with them also with my insurance uh, uh, company. Um, so when they and have something when they're looking for a property then they can you know they will contact me directly then uh, that way i can diversify a little bit just in case that you know in the future i uh the uh, travel nurses slow down a little bit so the funny thing is we have a we have a episode with uh, a couple nahid and abraham in atlanta georgia and you know they they're deep into the corporate housing world making a lot of networking and connections but they said a lot of their insurance companies that have their contact information still reach out to them through furnish finder they're like why didn't you just why didn't you just call us it's like cuz furnish finder like allows us that platform just to be able to like reach out to everyone at once because it is time consuming to have those individual relationships uh and and totally worth it for for some and others decide you know what that's just too much effort i want to I want to just use the OTAs such as Furnish Finder, Airbnb, and and go that route. So I love that we can all do our business differently and have a successful midterm rental strategy, right? So Daniel, we appreciate you being here. Um, did you want to add one last thing before we wrap up? Oh, no, there's, I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, it seemed like that's true. The majority of the company that are looking for a house is regardless of what they for what needed for. Uh, they just go directly to 
through Furnish Finder because I have a guy calling me all the way from Argentina that's moving in to one of my property uh, on this six uh, that he went to Furnish Finder and and found my property and then he contacted me directly and so now I will be hosting someone not related to the uh, um, you know the travel professional instead they're going to be in the horse industry and that's good for me because now mm. I can uh, I already uh, uh, met with uh, his sponsor that they bring mm. people from other country uh, related to the horse industry work and uh, that would be something good for me that um, I'm excited uh, to see what happened next. That is exciting, especially in the horse capital of the world. Well, you've heard you've heard another great episode on the Landlord Diaries. We appreciate you being here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, or leave a review wherever you watch your podcast. Thank you so much, and have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.